Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Humans are weird, jumpy. Written by Betty Adams. Second maintenance, 16th sister began. The human who had been bent over the printer gave a wordless sound that she had never heard before and leapt into the air, twisted around to face her. His feet slammed back into the floor with a thump and his hand came up to grip his chest over his central heart. His eyes dilated and his outer membrane flushed with increased blood flow. His powerful bipulmonary lungs forced the atmosphere through his flaring nostrils' membranes. Second maintenance assistant, 16th sister, tried again. What has frightened you? Her own antenna now frilled and extended to the full extent now that she could not detect any threat in the well-lit maintenance bay. Nah, the human said, drawing in a single gasp of air that seemed to still the rest of the symptoms. No threat, just, um... He stood up and shook out his limbs. You just startled me as all. He said, twisting his face into what she assured was a friendly gesture. I uh, startled you, she asked in surprise, her frill slowly lowering as her antenna curled. Well, he corrected himself and glanced back at the item printing. I got startled. Wasn't your fault at all. I was just really into watching this thing print and lost track of where I was. Sixteenth sister stared at him as her antenna slowly curled and uncurled. So, um... What do you want? he asked with a grin. When will the gripping appendage be printed? Sixteenth sister asked. About twenty minutes, he said. Very well, Sixteenth sister said, backing out of the room. I'll inform the interested parties. End of story. Story number two. Humans are weird. Much in common. Written by Betty Adams. It's a shame, Rolls Around commented as he swam easily along the aquatic third of the corridor. What's a shame, Rolls? Human friend Gabby asked. That you and the only other human on base have so little in common, Rolls Around said in a sad tone. Gabby's bipedal, falling tread caught and then stopped as she glanced at him, her face contorted in confusion, wrinkles, and her head tilted to the side as she tried to fix her hearing on him. Say, uh, what now? She finally articulated. He rolled around and swam back to her. He thrust over half this mass out of the water so that she could hear him more clearly. I said, uh, it's a shame that you and the only other human on base have so little in common. He repeated. Alex, the human friend Gabby said. What are you talking about? We have tons in common. Really? Rolls around, stiffened in surprise. We are the same age, Gabby said, holding up one of her adorably short-segmented hand appendages. We have basically the same higher education degree. Heck, just having a degree gives us a lot more in common than most humans. We have basically the same ethnic makeup. She dresses and grooms basically the same way that I do. Honestly, I'm thinking of having our genetics compared, because it wouldn't surprise me at all if we were fairly close cousins one way or another. 
We have tons in common. What on earth gave you an idea that we didn't have much in common? But... Rolls around, gave a frustrated roll. You argue over every topic you discuss. Gabby narrowed the fleshy flaps over her binocular eyes and pressed the fleshy flaps over her teeth. That, she finally asked, that is more of us being the same. We have the same contrary sense of humor. You have noted that most of our contradictory statements are utterly, well, bad, basically. I had noted, rolls around, said cautiously, I assume your fury with each other simply impaired your reasoning capacity. Ha! Huh. Human friend Gabby's stripes flushed in a sudden concern. If it's freaking out the base, I suppose we can rein it in. That, uh, might be advisable, rolls around, admitted. Well, thanks for bringing it up, rolls, human friend Gabby said with a wave. I wouldn't have wanted a verbal sparring to interfere with the function of the base. Someone might have called in the counselors or some nonsense like that. We wouldn't want that, rolls around, say quickly. I'll see you tomorrow, human friend Gabby. He ducked under the surface of the water and accelerated towards his office. He might be just in time to delete the message to the core interspecies counseling office before the next data dump. End of story. Story number three. Humans are weird. Human nonsense. Written by Betty Adams. I really think it's just their pattern-seeking manifesting. Twistunder insisted for the third time. No one was really satisfied with this answer, least of all him. However, no one in the huddle of undulates around the datapad argued against the assertion or offered any better explanation. Twistunder ran his best sensory appendage over the screen again, just in case he had missed some detail in the image. He hadn't. Perhaps we are missing the details due to visual differences, one of the physiologists suggested. I mean, the meaning might be far simpler than we are assuming. Well, that is a given, another pointed out. All of the charcoal-based iridescents are the same color, or rather lack there are color to them. Black lines, the first agreed. It makes it hard to say how much we should read into the details that we can see, but they cannot. Even though they created them, the third said. The huddle fell silent again. Someone absently stroked Twistunder in a comforting gesture, and he returned it. Cuddle puddle, Twistunder muttered. Say what? inquired one from the bottom of the pile. I speculate that this, Twistunder, lightly touched one of the more confusing images on the screen, indicates that what we are doing now, a communal huddle. They have labeled it a cuddle puddle. The hum of thoughtful consideration ran through the huddle as they considered the massive lines that the human had drawn. It does have the right number of appendages, someone offered, approximately, if I am seeing it correctly. The question is, Twistunder finally stated, is this an honest attempt at training material or is it a joke? The huddle fell silent as they examined the primitive visual representations. Twistunder detached himself and mimicked the first entry, twisting under himself into a tight and uncomfortable circle. Bagel, one colleague ran from the sheet. Small friend is lonely, apply pats. Simplistic, Twistunder observed, but not inaccurate. I wouldn't mind a human attempting to physically comfort me if I were in that state, honestly, another observed. He curled his appendages under himself and let the notochord relax. Andulof, 
His colleague read, Small friend is much content, but little lot warms, cuddles, or make it warm suggested. Again simplistic, Twissunder began, and grammatically nightmarish, the linguistic added. But accurate as far as it goes, Twissunder finished, I propose we analyze each image thus. One of us attempts to mimic the drawing, and then we analyze the text. And then we ask the humans what this nonsense is, asked the most experienced ambassador. And then we ask what this nonsense is, Twistunder confirmed. End of story. Story number four. Humans are weird. Picking at it. Written by Betty Adams. Are you certain that you're a fully mature human? Third cousin demanded as she adjusted the bandage over the laceration. That's what it says on my papers, muttered the current patient. What papers? Third cousin asked, and may I verify that information? The human rolled his strange mobile eyes in their sockets, and third cousin had to fight to keep her full flat on her neck. That was simply disgusting. The species without eyes was confusing enough, a species with eyes that rested so loosely in their sockets that they looked like they could just pop out was horrifying. Given that there was actually mandatory training on what to do when human eyes were jostled out of their sockets, she could only assume it did happen often enough to require such training. She shook the disturbing mental image off as he spoke. Papers are just an expression for my database entries. He said, and yes, I am a 36-year-old human, frontal cortex fully formed and all that. His hand came up from where it rested on the medical berth, and a single finger reached out for the bandaged area on his face. Third cousin flared her frill in a near rage and grasped at the hand in a fury. He had a typical human strength, so she had no hope of controlling him physically, but the touch did remind him of her order, and he blushed in embarrassment. Sorry. He muttered. The laceration was of no consequence when you first acquired it, she informed him. There was no chance of infection, and your bizarrely efficient healing factor would have closed it within days. Now, it will take at least a week. Sorry, he said again, his gaze dropping to the ground. It is your own skin you should be concerned with, she burst out in exasperation. His hand rose again, as if to test her words. Why? she demanded, snatching at his hand again. Just why? He stared at her with an oddly helpless expression on his face. He blinked slowly, and she snapped her mandibles in frustration. He finally shrugged. Don't know, he confessed. Just something I do. It won't heal until you stop picking at it, she said. I know, he said. Stop. Picking at the laceration on your face, third cousin finally said firmly. That is an order from your medical professional. Understood, he said with a smile. See you when it's all healed. The human stepped off the medical berth and smiled nervously at her before heading for the door. Third cousin watched him go until he slipped out of the door. Just before he left, his hand rose again and he scratched at the bandage. Third cousin let her frill droop and turned to a data console. There had to be something about this behavior in the medical data, and if not, she supposed it wouldn't be too great a breach of medical ethics to glue his hands together until his face healed. End of story. 
Story number five. Humans are weird. Call and response. For one blessed day, the shared data processing space on the integrated base had been calm, quiet, and in general an efficient work zone. The room was a massive dome that accommodated the bipedal members of the survey team. Four gently murmuring streams divided the workspace into quarters that circled the central ponds. The ceiling was a network of exposed struts that contained the concealed of winged officers. Certain patches, equidistant from the water, glowed comfortably in the infrared spectrum. It was one of these that the observer Grissick lounged. The warming stone might have been clawed specifically for him, for how comfortable it was. His claws tapped lightly over the screen as he entered the rough data for the final observation that he had taken. He still had to write a report for each of the bare-bones datasets, but at last, the nigh-impossible tasks seemed manageable. It's not easy being an observer, he growled to himself. He took pains to pitch his voice too low for any of his colleagues to hear. He was no grumbling hatchling who needed a nice rub on the eye bridge to calm down. Given the humans were exponentially good at that sort of thing, but these were working hours and he had a professional reputation to maintain. Still, one did need to vent their gases before they turned to flame. His tongue flicked over the points of his teeth as he closed the file and leisurely stretched his, his tail. Being an observer on the base that contained seven separate species living and working together was very trying. Every time he saw what he suspected to be a previously undescribed behavior, he had to note it down. Hopefully, one of the cracked skulls at the university would be able to make a proper scientific study of these notes. He ran a critical eye over the busily worked researchers. To his immense relief, he noted nothing that he had not noted before. He pulled out his data pad, scored for continuing observations, and rested it comfortably under his claw. There was a winged nutritionist flittering off of his rest period. There was a Shittar linguist gently nudging her smaller mate out of their workspace. There was a... She turned me into a newt, the human voice declared from some dark corner of the room. Silence broke only by the soft lapping of water followed, and then some warped human voice, but from a different corner. But I got better. Rackus laughter burst from the claw cluster of humans in the room, and even the slim male Shatar shook his antenna in mildly amused annoyance before walking off. The laughter died down, and the humans went back to the work without another word. Grissick rubbed his clenched claws over his eye ridges and gave a tired sigh. He pulled out a new report section and sent it out a prayer that the university would send him an assistant. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.